0: Hello and welcome to the broadcast of. (laughs) I always forget the name of the show. (laughs) It's long. Better Together, Democrats and Republicans who love America. We're going to do episode 16 today. Well, politics, Ukraine, Beijing Olympics climate change. How are we feeling? I'm feeling, I'm going through a phase right now where I'm feeling very, uh, defeated by, by climate change. Um, yeah, which I mean, I can't say is unanticipated. Anytime there's a big buildup, um, by what? the scientific community, the environmental community, to act, Greta, you know, time is imminent, we have to turn it around now before it's too late, and I mean, you're basically what are we doing, setting ourselves up for the imminent despair of the realization that we're not in control, we're not in control, (laughs) and uh, we don't control a lot of what contributes, to real change. And, you know, somehow recycling just doesn't have the same feel good kick that it used to, right? Especially when we found out later that a lot of it was just getting thrown in the ocean. So, what do we do with this? Like, we don't have a lot of control. We, average person on walking the earth, don't have a lot of control. We don't make the decisions about um, how our waste is disposed of. We don't have a lot of influence on toxic industry and their shelving of endless patents of totally viable green alternatives for just about everything you can think of that they've had for decades, not just recently, decades, Um, and the patterns that continue with that. And uh, you can feel very defeated. And what's the point, you know? Why do we sit in just despair and run out the clock? I mean, I I don't know what the answer is. Um, I know that we have the answers. I know that we've had the answers as human beings and environmental scientists and brilliant inventors. Um, we can solve every problem, so it's not at least a despair of what what's to be done, what's to be done. I mean, what's to be done is having toxic industry shift their investment portfolio from one of toxicity to one of profitability through environmental products. I mean, you know, but what motivates them to do that? That's the thing, you know. Obviously, not supporting dynasties like the Bush administration with their toxic oil legacies, um, you know, exposing those who are invested in toxic oil is helpful to some to some degree. And then, you know, is is it enough? You know, I, I I'm vacillating between very very optimistic. I just learned of this bus service, which I'm very excited about, invented in Germany, called Flixbus, F-L-I-X-B-U-S. I believe it's a non-polluting, and I don't have all the details, but I believe it's a hydrogen-based bus, clean air vehicles, that company started in Germany, it's all over the world, and the advantage is it's a lot cheaper than Greyhound or other bus services, and get you where you need to go about the speed of a car. So I'm excited because, say, for example, a trip from San Francisco to Reno, the average of four and a half to four hours, 15 minutes, one way, $15. I mean, that's pretty incredible. You can't even get that cheap for gas, right? Even if you had a car... Or you borrowed someone's car for free, gas is going to cost you at least depending on, of course, and also if it's not a Tesla or whatever, but, you know, it's typical car is going to cost you a lot in gas. So exciting that there are options there. For not only people like me that don't drive uh, regularly anymore. I I do have a license, I do still rent cars and go on trips and things, but nice that there's a broadening of options um, other than the existing Greyhound and Amtrak, which are still there. Nothing wrong with that, but nice to have this additional option. I I don't think you can beat $15 one way from San Francisco to Reno. Yeah, I mean that's a game changer. And also for people that do own vehicles and maybe just think, you know, maybe I maybe I don't drive. You know, do I sit there behind the wheel, paying gas, staring, concentrating, or do I get the luxury of putting my feet up and reading a book or listening to some podcasts or meditating or what catching up on something you'd normally do for four and a half hours of uninterrupted time. Right. Um Uh, catching up on communication with your loved ones who knows that extra time so you know there's these great like stabs of progress with inventions like this Um, and at the same time it's just depressing to yeah here big companies give these unrealistic timelines of 2030 we're going to be You know, carbon neutral by 2080 or so. I'm just exaggerating. But, you know, it's like really slow clap. Even even if there's a slow half clap, it doesn't excite. It's depressing. And it's really just, in my view, about motivating those in toxic industry who have made their fortunes and want to keep them. I say keep your fortunes. Keep making money. Can you not switch over to the green economy since you mostly buy out all the patents and actually start using that Uh, you know but I'm not an economist I don't know about contracts I don't know about these political relationships but whatever the top toxic producers can do to try to sever uh, that and switch over I don't even care if they keep the money just switch over because they're the influencers of the of this the fact that we're not going to have a winter soon I'm guessing I don't know. I'm just gauging off of South Lake Tahoe. I bought it at the property in 2016 where we had six months of winter. Then it went each year. It's subsequently gone down a month. So in like seven years later, well, maybe not that average, but I mean, probably all the snow from the atmospheric river has melted. Um, because it's been 40 to 41 degrees every day for weeks, in mid January onward to now almost mid February. I mean, that's the coldest part. It's only going to get warmer. So, I mean, we're seeing really the eradication of winters as we know it. And that's definitely attributed to global warming, right? So, I get that bird's eye view directly from my Tahoe, you know, ta- keeping my eye on the thermostat with Tahoe. Um, yeah, there may, may be very soon in the near future, we, they just don't have winters, or they have these crazy big dumps of, you know, six feet of snow, and that's it. I don't know. Um, so I'm just feeling really kind of, I don't know, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, what's the point of recycling at this point. What's the point? Do I just go down to the depths or do I just celebrate things like Flixbus? You know, it's going to directly affect my life for the better. I can go to Reno for $15. Then I have to just try to find a way to get from Reno to South Lake Tahoe, which I'm sure there are ways. I am track perhaps via Truckee and then some sort of a Lyft or Uber Or the bus from Truckee to my house would be great. But certainly there's uplifting solutions coming through of, you know, green. I don't know. So I'm just kind of like frustrated that what really, in my view, needs to happen is we have to, we corporate world, we the globe... Like, enough awareness has been raised. I think we're good on awareness. Awareness is there. Hey, we got the Republicans to finally believe in climate change. I mean, one I didn't think they were going to ever come around. I, I didn't. And, and they did. And we will never have a climate change denier in the presidential office ever again, which is very exciting, whether that's a Republican president or a Democrat. So that's great. So we can't forget the positive inroads being made, even if they're not talked about other than this podcast, which probably a lot of things are not going to be talked about other than this podcast, including this story I'm going to read you from Star Insider Wednesday. Um, we have to celebrate the, the things we're doing right, you know, and then I don't know what to do about the plastic. Like again, is it more lies? Is it still getting dumped into the ocean? Is it all getting incinerated? Plastic is here to stay. My view is can we not just again switch over to more of the green plastics, the stuff that naturally breaks down over time? Can we reduce our reliance on plastic? We still need it. It's naive to say that we're gonna go back to you know to a plastic free world that's not realistic but can we reduce i'm being thoughtful you know in terms of like the products i buy now i'm really trying to go you know if there's a glass aluminum or some sort of bar some sort of thing that doesn't involve a plastic package then i'm trying it doesn't mean that i'm going to be a hundred percent with it I love my cut-up watermelon from Safeway, and I'm not giving it up, and I'm sorry that it's in plastic, but it is. But I'm going to keep buying it, you know? (laughs) So there are certain things I'm not willing to give up, but, you know, can I give up on certain personal products, personal care products? Yes. You know, obviously, there's things we can do to make inroads, to make us feel a little bit more compliant with what we know is best. If you are a purist and you can be a purist with it, hallelujah, more power to you. I balance that with my quality of life and what I enjoy too. Like probably most, yeah. I'm not totally purist and I'm also not mindless. I'm conscious, but I'm not gonna be completely giving up everything, but yeah. You have to weigh that. But I think really what we need to do is motivate those who have the money, who are in control of toxic industry, because they are, whether it's the oil industry or the plastics, it's not that far apart. Oil is plastic, is oil. And we have to try to implore them, keep your money, keep your power, keep your kingdom. Please make green products and do it too. <laughs> Can we do that? It would be better. Sorry, loud yeti here. So that's where I'm at. I don't know. Not on full- on apathy because I'm still a little bit of an optimist, but I'm not I'm not in panic. I'm not in dire. I don't know how how, how are you feeling out there? Have you given up? I mean. I'm disappointed too because California, I guess, is making it harder to go solar. My state of all states. It's just like we if we can't get it right, for heaven's sake, and we're the one of the most environmental states in the nation, and we're making it difficult because God forbid PH&E gets encroached on their profits. <sighs> There's supposed to be this, I don't have all the details, but supposed to be, the theory is, okay, so you go solar, so now you're going to be mandated to take some of what you're powering and have to sell it back to whatever, the city, the area. And essentially it works out to become a solar tax. So you're getting taxed on going solar versus not getting taxed on going solar and actually motivating homeowners to go solar. So you have to, it's, it's a bizarre thing of like, well, if you have enough money to go solar and you're producing this power, then you need to have it, you know, then you don't control now all of that power, which is frustrating. And then you get taxed for it. So that's essentially what they're talking about as a solar tax versus fossil fuel, Um, consumers that don't get that tax. See what I'm saying? So that's how they're framing California is making it more difficult to go solar is because solar people are getting taxed. Now, are they getting taxed in proportion? Like, what if their bill is hardly anything per month and they pay a little bit of tax? Okay, maybe that's not the worst thing ever. You know, you'd have to look at the whole picture. What are fossil fuel consumers paying tax or not, out the door, versus solar people, if they get a little bit of tax. But I get the point. The point is, shouldn't we be doing everything, especially in California, with the strictest EPA standards, to make going solar easier for the majority of such huge amount of population we have? Yes, we should. We aren't. <sighs> <laughs> ah! I think that also kind of like made me go, really? Like, I understand if that was Nevada or some other place, but here, frustrating. Okay, moving on. Um, so I'm going to include that. I didn't think I was going to go on that long 15 minutes about it. Climate change temp. Or something like that. So this is an interesting article. You know, we rarely hear about what science says is true in the Bible. Um, I found this inc- intriguing, especially on the heels of episode 15, which was a lot about anti-Semitism and fighting it and the Holocaust Remembrance Day. And, um, so I just thought it was kind of along those same lines. I wanted to read it. Science confirms these parts of the Bible are true by Stars Insider and it was last Wednesday which I don't have the date wait I do have the date that would have been that would have been Wednesday February 2nd does it have an author no and there's a picture of a an ark Science confirms these parts of the Bible are true. Like any other religious text in history, the Bible is open to interpretation, of course, and it's not confirmed by science to be factually accurate in every account. This, however, is not the case for every bit of text in the best selling book of all time. In fact, some of these verses have been proved by science to be true. Intrigued? Click through the following gallery and discover the parts of the Bible that have been confirmed by science. I mean, when are you ever going to hear this except my podcast, right? Never. Um, earth is round, while some conspiracy theories might say otherwise. Science has confirmed the shape of our planet is round. This is also mentioned in the Bible. He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, Isaiah forty twenty two. The planet's core is hot. As, the, as for the core of the earth being hot, well, Job 28.5 mentions it. The earth from which food comes is transformed below as by fire. Fascinating, isn't it? Earth floats in space. And if you're looking for biblical confirmation that the earth floats in space, then look no further than Job 26.7, which reads, He spreads out the northern skies over empty space. He suspends the earth over nothing. Water changes state. The water cycle, also known as hydro- hydrologic cycle, is a well-known phenomenon. It turns out the Bible mentions it more than once. Ecclesiastes one seven says, All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. Water changes state. Amos nine six also mentions it in one part. He calls for the water of the sea, the waters of the sea, and pours them out over the face of the land. And so does Job thirty-six, twenty-seven through twenty-eight. He draws upon the drops of, he draws up the drops of water, which distill as rain to the streams, the clouds pour down their moisture, and abundant showers fall on mankind. Water changes state again. Another example can be found in Psalm 135 7, which reads, He makes clouds rise from the ends of the earth, He sends lightning with the rain, and brings out the wind from His storehouses. The Great Flood likely happened. The Great Flood and Noah's Ark is one of the most popular stories of the Bible, and according to geological evidence, the Noatian Flood might have actually happened the ark would have worked. According to Genesis six thirteen through 22 God's instructions to Noah were as follows. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. The ark would have worked. Turns out the math is correct. According to calculations made by physics students at University of Leicester in 2014, the ark would have actually floated and safely carried pairs of each animal species through the flood. There are countless stars in the sky. Sure, we know that the universe has lots of stars. And by a lot, we're talking about up to a trillion stars per galaxy. And it's estimated that there are about 100 billion galaxies in the universe. There are countless stars in the sky. The Bible actually mentions this in Jeremiah thirty-three twenty-two. I will make the descendants of David my servant and the Levites who minister before me as countless as the stars in the sky and as measureless as the sand on the seashore. Not all stars are created equal. The Bible also mentions a star's brightness or magnitude varies. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, the stars another. The stars differ from star and splendor. Corinthians 15.41 mm-hmm. Celestial bodies don't last forever. We now know that stars and other astronomical bodies die. Science has confirmed this, but the Bible also mentioned this. this. Celestial bodies don't last forever matthew twenty four twenty to matthew twenty four thirty five reads heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Universe is made of invisible particles hebrews eleven three reads by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that is what so that is what is seen is not made out of what was visible. Universe not made up of is made up of invisible particles. It sounds like the Bible is talking about atoms, protons, neutrons, and electrons. On their own, are visible to the naked eye. Atoms make up pretty much everything, including us. David could have actually defeat, defeated Goliath. A small boy defeating a giant might sound unlikely, but the story of David and Goliath in 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 17, says otherwise slingshot might not be the most powerful weapon, but stones from Elia Valley were made out of barium sulfate. This is extremely dense, and these would have easily hurt Goliath. But there's more. Being a giant, Goliath suffered, likely suffered from acromegaly, overproduction of hormone. This caused problems with vision. Peripheral vision can be limited, which would have been handy for David. There are mountains underwater, these landforms are actually called sea mounts that are mentioned in the Bible. Psalm 104.6 or 104.6 reads, You covered it with watery depths as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. The sun actually stopped moving. Because an eclipse occurred, Joshua 10.12 reads, On the day the Lord gave us the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, sons S-U-N, stand still over Gibeon, and U-Moon over the valley of Agilon. A-I-J-A-L-O-N. This was most likely an eclipse, which researchers have dated back to October 30th, 1207 BCE creatures can't live without blood most of us are familiar with Adam and Eve's story of the Bible humans have in fact a female biological answer called mitochondrial Eve which precedes our species Homo sapiens there is however one thing that connects all living creatures, blood creatures can't live without blood for the life of the creatures in the blood and I've given it to you, make atonement for yourselves on the altar it is a blood that makes atonement for one's life, Leviticus 17 11 Sanitizing is really important. The pandemic has made all of us pros in sanitizing our hands and clothes in order to avoid spreading germs, but the Bible mentioned it importance a long time ago. Isolation contains diseases, while proper quarantines develop later in history. Bible advised to isolate the affected persons for seven days, and if they're not better, to isolate them for another seven days. Leviticus thirteen one five one 1-5. 1-5. Leviticus eleven twenty eight, for example, says anyone who picks up their carcasses must wash their clothes. They will be unclean until evening. These animals are unclean for you. That's it. I thought that was very interesting. You know, usually these two positions, science and religion, or science and faith, or science and the Bible, are pitted against each other, but I thought that was interesting that it actually could be confirming. Yeah, I think the more open-minded we all can have, whatever your position, um, the more truth can be revealed. Let's see. I'm gonna put this in miscellaneous. Um so it's February obviously and it's Black History Month. Um so it was announced I think it was announced February 1st that San Francisco is going to dedicate a new park in India Basin um near historic Bayview. Um Primarily, I mean, not exclusively, but primarily in focus to provide a beautiful, updated, um, outdoor place to gather, largely for the black community, but for certainly not exclusively for the black community, um, to really make use of the India Basin area. I was reading about it and... That was the kickoff of February 1st, so funding is allocated, planning is allocated, and it looks really nice in terms of the, the initial drawings, but I feel like it's a little bit difficult to know how to approach celebrating Black History Month if you're not Black. And it's been challenging with Black Lives Matter. Obviously, a lot of people got involved who were of lighter skin to support the resistance. Uh, Defund the police was uh, put forth as a corrective measure, which did not work. And I think we all can say it's a blatant failure. Um, And actually harmed communities more than actually did anything to the police, for example. Um, So, you know, funding has been fully restored and and multiplied. Um, So what are people maybe of not-black ethnicity to do to celebrate or to lend support? Um, I don't always think the messaging is very clear, except... It is also very clear, because if you listened, as I did, way back 2020, after the George Floyd incident, I listened. Now I didn't go to the marches. I didn't go to the protests. As very um, concerned, nervous, you know, uh, anxiety-ridden white people of the Democratic persuasion would look at me frantically and. Want to make sure I was also going to go to the the marches, and I said no, no, it's not the way I feel that I should support. I'm going to listen and hear how I should support, and you know, the messaging was support black businesses, read black authors, care about black history, vote black politicians, make it you know, and I was like, these are all very practical. Impactful things. Yeah, okay. So I have and still do support black businesses. And I like that OpenTable.com is now featuring, last week they were featuring women-owned businesses and Latinx, and now there's black-owned businesses and I think something else. So that's nice because you can just go in there and click if it's important to you. And then have your filtering, you know, for your restaurant choices, for example, to end up supporting, which is great. I would like to see that with Amazon. Um, if Jeff Bezos cares to, you know, in the drop-down menu, instead of, like, most reviews, the price least to highest relevant searches, how about country of origin? And then you can type in or choose a drop-down country of origin that you want to search to support made in USA, or made in one of our allied nations, for example. Maybe not made in China. Maybe not made in a country that oppresses its people in the regular. But we want to just be entertained by the Olympics and forget all that. I don't forget the Uyghur Muslims in the camps. I don't forget the people there suffering, and I'm not going to be wooed by the athletics, no offense to my wonderful American athletes competing, but no thanks. I don't think they should even be allowed to host. So let's go through some of the various black businesses. There is a guide I'm going to source for you on dothebay.com. I have printed it out. Um, I don't know if I have, like, the actual website. I found it on dothebay.com, but you probably could do a Google search. So this is clothing and goods. I'm going to just read them off. Okay. Eliah Wannick, A-L-I-Y-A-H. <laughs> W-A-N-E-K of Oakland. Beija Floor Naturals. B-E-I-J-A Floor, F-O-L-O Sorry, F-L-O-R Naturals of Oakland. BLK Girls Greenhouse. 1700 Center Street in Oakland. Candid Art. Candid Art in Oakland. Harwell Godfrey. H-A-R-W-E-L-L Godfrey, uh, San Francisco. Ian James Made, M-A-D-E, 436 Cortland Avenue, Bernal Heights, Iva Jewel, J-E-W-E-L-L in Oakland, IOBA, I-Y-O-B-A in Oakland, Made by Rial, R-H-E-A-L, Oakland, Marcus Books, 3900 MLK Junior Way, Oakland, McMullen Boutique, M-C-M-U-L-L-E-N Boutique, 2257 Broadway, Oakland. Multicultural Bookstore, 260 Broadway Enrichment. Oakland's Own, 2916 Fruitvale Avenue, Oakland. Prideful Patches, P-A-T-C-H-E-Z in San Francisco. Relove Vintage. 1815 Polk Street, Knob Hill, Renegade Running, 45 Grand Avenue, Oakland, Soyful Aromas, probably a soy candle shop, Hayward, Spoiled Boutique, 5659 Bay Street, Emeryville, Taylor J Collection, 2355 Broadway, Number 1, Oakland, UNOETH, Oakland, Bakeries, a Girl Named Pinky, 5959 Shellman Street, Emeryville, Anthony's Cookies, 1417 Valencia Street, Mission, and 2575 San Pablo Avenue, Berkeley, Chef Ron's Pastries, Oakland, Cheese Alt- Cheeseboard Collective, 1504 Shattuck Avenue, Berkeley, Claire's Crunch Cake, San Mateo, Cupcake and Bake Shop, multiple locations, Crumble and Whisk that's W H I S K multiple fire farmer's market locations D Lee Cakes that's D E E L E E Cakes. San Jose Full Belly Bakery Oakland Gregory's Gourmet Desserts 285 23rd Street Oakland Hummingbird Bakery and Dessert Bar 3272 Sonoma Valley sorry Sonoma Boulevard in Vallejo it's all good. Bakery five six two two M L K Junior Way, Oakland. James and Giant Cupcake. Multiple locations. Layers by his aunt X A N T H E, Berkeley. Loves brownies L U V, apostrophe S, San Jose. Nablon Bakery N A B O L O M Bakery two seven zero eight Russell Street, Berkeley. No cookie. Oakland, Nut and Butter Cookies, that's N-U-T-T-I-N, Butter Cookies, Berkeley, Pie Tisserie, P-I-E-T-I-S-S-E-R-I-E, Oakland, Real Cutie Pies, Oakland, Rise of Bakery, that's R-I-Z-E, multiple pickup locations, Champa's Pie Shop, S Pie Shop, 1625 Palmetto Avenue, Pacifica, Sugar Sweet, 5855 Mark Arthur Boulevard, Oakland, Two Chicks in the Mix, Oakland, Whack Donuts, San Francisco, Yashi Bakes, at Y-A-H-S-H-I Bakes, 4168 Piedmont Avenue, Station E, Sweet E, sorry, <laughs> Sweet E, Oakland, Yvonne, Southern Suites, 5128 3rd Street, Bayview. Coffee Shops and Brands, Alchemy Coffee Collective, 1741 Alcatraz Avenue, Berkeley. L.M.'s Coffee, A-L-E-M at Posture Coffee, 5353 Claremont Avenue in Oakland. Burlap Coffee, 511 40th Street, Oakland. Cafe Cappuccino, C-A-P-U-C-H-I-N-O. 1158 Cappuccino Avenue, Brooklyn, Burlingame. Cafe International, 508 Haight Street, Lower Hate. Excelsior Coffee, 4495 Mission Street, Excelsior. Fen Coffee, Fenn Coffee, F E N N Coffee, Menlo Park. Hippies Brew, multiple locations. Kifa Coffee, K E F A, 422 29th Avenue, Oakland. Lane, L-A-N-E, Kifa K-E-F-A, Coffee, 77, 8th Street, Suite 182, Oakland, Nirvana Soul Coffee, 315, South 1st Street, San Jose, Rasa Coffee, R-A-S-A-C-A-F-F-E, 3140, Martin Luther King Jr. Way in Berkeley, Red Bay Coffee, multiple locations, Sextant, Coffee Roasters, One Four One Five Folsom Street in Soma, in San Francisco. Spritzer's Cafe, Seven Thirty Four Central Avenue, Alameda. Cannabis dispensaries, brands, and delivery. Bay Queen Facebook, Blunts and More B L U N T S and More M O O R E, Seven Hundred One Sixty Six Avenue in Oakland. Cannabis on Fire Instagram and Twitter. Conscious Minds and as M I N D Z. Instagram and Facebook. Euphorium, Instagram. Good Tree, Instagram. James Henry, Instagram, Facebook. Kingston Royal, Instagram, Facebook. Lady Gemini, Instagram, Facebook. Lobo, Instagram. Mad Apothecary, and that's M A A T. Twitter, Facebook. New Life, Instagram. O S A N Y I N, Instagram, Facebook. Posh Green Collective, 828 Einstein Avenue, that's I-N-N-E-S, number 110 Bayview in San Francisco, Purple Heart, 415 4th Street, Oakland, temporarily closed, SF Roots, Instagram, Facebook, Club Shady Pines, membership only, Sticky Icky, Instagram, SF Friends, Restaurants and More, Bella Trattoria, T-R-A-T-O, T-O-R-A, 3854 Geary Boulevard in Richmond, Bissap Baob, B-I-S-S-A-P, B-A-O-B-A-B, 3388 19th Street Mission, Cafe Ethiopia, 878 Valencia Street Mission, Club Wazima, W-A-Z-I-E-M-A, 543 Divisadero Street, Nopa, and that's in the city, uh, Flora 701 Columbus Avenue, North Beach. These are all in the city, I should say. EKO Kitchen, 130 Townsend Street, South Park. Frisco Fried, 5176 3rd Street, Bayview. Green Taste Vegan Goods, 775 Filbert Street, North Beach. Healing Kitchen, San Francisco, House of Tadu, Ethiopian Kitchen. That's T-A-D-U. 11304th Street, Mission Bay. International Smoke, 301 Mission Street, South Beach. Little Skillet, 360 Rich. That's W. Sorry, that's R I T C H Street, South Park. Local Kitchen, 330 First Street, Number One, Rinkin Hill. Mission Bowling Club, 3176, 17th Street Mission. Mikayo Old Fashioned Ice Cream, M I Y A K A. That's 1470 Fillmore Street, Western Edition. New Etria Restaurant. I've been there. It's really good. Uh, 907 Irving Street, Inner Sunset. It's been around a long time. Osteria Billa, S-O-S-T-E-R-I-A, B-E-L-L-A, B-L-L-A. 3848 Geary Boulevard, Inner Richmond, Radio Africa Kitchen, forty eight hundred Third 3rd Street, Bayview, Sunset Cantina, 3414 Judith Street, Outer Sunset, Taste Buds, 600 5th Avenue, Inner Richmond. Turinga Juice, T E R A N G A Juice, 101 Hyde Street, Civic Center, 2 Jacks Nick's Place, that's N I K S, N I K, apostrophe S Place, 401 Hate Street, Lower Hate, Ungrafted, 2419 3rd Street, Dog Patch, Vegan Hood Chefs, Bayview, Voodoo Love, Sorry, 1710 Mission, Z soul that's Z Z O U L Cafe, 295 Eddy Street in the tenderloin. East Bay restaurants and more. Abesha Ethiopian Cuisine, that's A-B-E-S-H-A. That's 4929 Shattuck Avenue in Oakland. Addis Ethiopian, 6100 Telegraph Avenue, I believe I've been there in Oakland. Alamar Kitchen and Bar, 100 Grand Avenue, Suite 111 in Oakland. Uh, Smara Restaurant, 5020 Telegraph Avenue in Oakland. Cali Alley, I like that, C-A-L-I-A-L-L-E-Y, 1012 Grayson Street, Berkeley, Carmen Family Barbecue, 692 West A Street, Hayward, Ensaro E-N-S-A-R-R-O, Ethiopian Restaurant, 3- Seven a Grand Avenue, Oakland, Ethiopia Restaurant, 2955 Telegraph Avenue in Berkeley, Everett & Jones Barbecue, multiple locations, Flip & Soul, that's F-L-I-P-N-S-O-U-L, 2101 14th Avenue, Oakland, Grandeur, 366B Grand Avenue, Oakland, The Hatch, 4205. 402 15th Street, Oakland. Helenuts, Nuts, just how it's spelled. 3645 Martin Luther King Jr. Way, Oakland. Warren Barbecue, 2435 Mandela Parkway, Oakland. Kaffa, KAFFA, Ethiopian. 2987 Sacramento Street, Berkeley. Casey's Barbecue, 1235 San Pablo Avenue, Berkeley. The Lettuce Inn, 2115 Pacheco Street, Concord. Little Giant. Ice Cream, 1951 Telegraph Avenue in Oakland, Lois the Pie Queen, 851 60th Street in Oakland, Malibu's Burgers, 3905 Piedmont Avenue in Oakland, MLK Cafe, 3860 MLK Junior Way, Oakland, Shawet, S C S H E, rather, W-H-A-T, 6101 Shattuck Avenue in Oakland, Sober Mesa, that's S O B R E Mesa M E S A, one six one eight Franklin Avenue and, sorry Franklin Street in Oakland. Solely Vegan S O L S O U L E Y, vegan. That's uh, three o one Broadway, Oakland. Speakeasy, ales and lagers. One one nine five Evans Street in San Francisco. Super Juiced, five forty 9th Street in Oakland. T-E-N-I, East Kitchen. 4015 Broadway in Oakland. Vegan Mob, 500 Lake Park Avenue in Oakland. South Bay and Peninsula restaurants and more. Backyard A Caribbean Grill, multiple locations. Coconuts, 642 Ramona Street in Palo Alto. The Cookout, Food Truck Rotates. Rotates, I guess, means it moves around. The Famous Rib Shack, 223L. Camino Real, San Bruno, flavas Jamaican Grill, 314 Linden Avenue, South San Francisco, Gojo, G-O-J-O, Ethiopian, 1261 West San Carlos Street, San Jose, Jubba that's J-U-B-B-A, Somali, S-O-M-A-L-I, Restaurant 5330 Turner Way, San Jose. Kataniga or Katanaga Ethiopian restaurant, that's K A T E G N A, 1663 West San Carlos Street, San Jose. Liu Ethiopian, L E Y O U Ethiopian, is at 1100 North 1st Street, Suite C in San Jose. Lunchbox, 1876 West San Carlos Street, San Jose. MB's Place, 66 21st Avenue, San Mateo. Mudai, M U D A I, 503 West Carlos, West San Carlos Street in San Jose, Red's House, 25 Washington Street, Daily City, temporarily closed, Reggae Pot, 15495 Los Gatos Boulevard, Deed Los Gatos, True Ethiopian Cuisine, 113 Garnet Avenue, San Carlos, Walia, Ethiopia Cuisine, WALIA 2208 Business Circle, San Jose. Zeni, Ethiopian, Z-E-N-I, Ethiopian, 1320, Saratoga Avenue, San Jose. North Bay Restaurants and more. Abyssinia, A-B-Y-S-S-I-N-I-A, 913 4th Street, Santa Rosa. Cafe Frida Gallery, 300S, 300 South A Street, Santa Rosa. Caribbean Spices, 819 4th Street, San Rafael. Corner 103, 103 West Napa Street in Sonoma. Pack Jack Barbecue, 3693 Grabenstein Highway in Sebastopol. Red Rose Catering, Catering in Santa Rosa, Sonoma Crust, 1040 North Dutton Avenue, Suite A in Santa Rosa. So that is the list. You can go through it and backtrack and make notes and it's all given to you over this podcast. So these are ways um, to actively support the black community with black entrepreneurship and supporting black businesses. And obviously, too, open is widely used. Now, in certain areas, you can um, select at the very bottom of your search criteria. Um, you'll see, you can check black, female, Latinx, something else, and you want, you can have your your um, search criteria come up with that, which is great. Um, so those are ways that you can make a practical difference that the black community has said in response to a lot of white support and a lot of white attendance at the Black Lives Matter rallies, which, as Michael Che was saying in his Netflix comedy special most recently, is incredibly awkward for a lot of black people to see because, um, well, you know, a lot of it, it was hard to discern what actually was genuine support versus trying to ensure that light-skinned people weren't associated with hardcore white racists. You know, it is difficult when you have light skin. How can you tell, right? How can you tell if someone's racist or not just by looking at them? You can't, so a lot of white Democrats specifically, not only DEMs, but Republicans as well, you know, went out in support to discern and distinguish and make a statement that that's not who they are, which black people did see that and go, okay, so that's not who you are, but at the same time, how are you helping by just being here? That's kind of not enough. And I mean, I could see that before that was even going to be a thing, because I'm older. And I mean, I remember LA92, and I remember a lot of these series of riots and a lot of different injustices. And I've seen it enough now at almost 47 to go. It will come around. <laughs> and they will. They will say this is not how you help us. Yeah. Now I can't say I recall before um, getting specific directions about how uh, white Democrats or a lot of well-meaning Republicans uh, could help. And maybe it was obvious, but maybe it wasn't obvious. And I, I personally believe that regarding white people, more instruction is helpful than assuming or no instruction. So I think definitely hey, if you're walking around in a white body and you don't want to be associated with a white racist, understandable, right? It's not fun to be um, projected upon and how do you distinguish yourself. But, you know, what black people have said is how you distinguish yourself. Largely supporting us with your finances, with your patronage, with your, you know, helping us to rise up to. and, And I think that's totally valid. And... I wish it became more of the central discussion, but I do believe a lot of that was more image driven of this i mean, it 's mostly about how i don 't want to be misunderstood or be taken for being a racist versus actually what what can I do to really make a difference and help so anyway, now you have tools with this podcast to go and patronize these restaurants and those cafes and these art galleries and these shops and you know there's many if you live in the Bay Area in your neighborhood that you can go by maybe you've been going the whole time just never knew that it was black owned that's great Um, tell your friends you know promote I do think it's important for instruction to be given I do think um, it's well received and needed And you can't assume anything about anyone in terms of racist or prejudice or anything. You have to talk to them. You have to dialogue with them. Um, And, yeah, it's not always comfortable. Just as white people can be a trigger for black people by our physical skin color and vice versa... We're all on a journey. We're all coming to the table with lots of history and different cumulative experiences that contribute to how we interact with others in the world. And I think more dialogue and more instruction and more helpful directions like these are very important. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So what's I going to close on? Well, Black History Month, I mean, I'm happy that Kamala Harris is, in my view, really starting a redo of her first term over again as vice president, um, and really now the face, the poster child for uh, anti-voter suppression, which should be her focus, which she's doing well at, which she's coming across well at. And, you know, it was a sloppy start, let's just be clear, and I'm her biggest fan, and really wanted her to be president. Um, I don't know if that's realistic now, I'm going to be honest, I don't know that it is. I don't know that she possesses the innate gut instincts to navigate, Uh, so I don't necessarily think that that's going to be the outcome for her, but, hey, she's in the role of VP now, and... It's about service, and it's about making a difference of where you're at, at the time you're at, and that she's now appropriately cast in the role of leader for fighting anti-voter suppression is absolutely terrific, and good for her, good for white Dems that can come around support her and applaud her. Um, It is surprising why that wasn't right out the gate, but... It's not like voter suppression hasn't been around. But, you know, what can one say? You can only go forward. I would personally like to see her sit down with the Obamas and Oprah and just have a little debrief. You know, Kamala's first year in review, you know, and really hash out, you know, what are these allegations about her her support team? And, you know, why has there been so many negative reports and what can be done is it her you know and if it is her then like can it be hashed out you know we're in the era of transparency now social media and politicians it's not the 1980s where you know politicians would just brush over this stuff or just we will never speak of this again well those are those days are long over you know i mean i doubt that gavin Newsom is going to get reelected unless there's a complete idiot who's an opponent and He's really not done great, let's just say. Not impressed. Again, lifelong fan. We all thought he might rise to the ranks of president someday. And then he became governor, and we were like, what are you doing? Why are you doing these decisions? Ah, so a little bit of that, you know, um yeah. And so when you just, if you're a politician in the modern era now, and you just kind of go, we will never speak of this again, or I'm not going to address it, or I'm going to just wait. But, you know, people that doesn't gain confidence in the average voter. People like a sit-down and a rehash and a a type of housewives reunion, if if you get my meaning, to kind of go over, you know, did you learn from these mistakes? What did you learn? What would you have done differently if you had it to do over again? Like, I think Oprah and Obamas can sit with her and come up with a powwow of, you know... What would have been different and where is her focus now? And then also, you know, really, what is the next? I mean, really, voter suppression is continuing the fight in civil rights. There hasn't been a strong leader since Martin Luther King. No, not everyone is going to automatically be assassinated if they take up the challenge. Sure, there's a core group of white racists in in this country. That'll never change. But, you know, not Rosa Parks never got killed. Harriet Tubman, to my knowledge, never was killed. You know, there are leaders that have contributed that did not get assassinated, so we can't just say, well, there's no leadership because we're afraid of assassination. Well, come on. That's no excuse. I personally think Obama should be the new MLK. I think he's got the time. I think he's got the focus, he's got the clout. What else is he doing with his life? His kids are grown. He's not going to have grandkids right away. The kids, Sasha and Leah aren't ready for parenting right now. I think it's kind of ideal. And for Michelle to be right there too, you know, um, if Kamala can get it together and learn the instincts, possibly she could be a good president someday. She's still very young considering presidentials and how, you know, a lot of them are older, like Biden, you know, she's got time, but you got to hone in those kind of instincts and for now, I don't see that she's got that. Um, but when she's focused in the right direction, she does, she sails. She does great. She's certainly not afraid of a confrontation. And she's ballsy and's got a lot of potential. But I'm concerned that the first year was a big what. <laughs> I think a debrief with Oprah and the Obamas would be fantastic. And just like an open forum, you know, give people a town hall, something. I think just not talking about it and moving on forward doesn't work anymore. Anyway, um, I like what she's doing now, which is great. And I, I think the border really does need to be a presidential duty, not a vice presidential duty, and also a bipartisan one including local government leaders and offices and politicians as well as activists. And It's not a simple solution but there does need to be a solution. The fentanyl coming in is just outrageous and there are some game-changing events that have happened since the Trump administration so we always have to keep current with what's happening now. And even Obama had said this is not sustainable with the border. So what's the answer? I don't know. We all have to put our heads together and figure it out. It should be bipartisan, it should be not one person, and certainly not her. It shouldn't have been Mike Pence either. It shouldn't have been any vice president. Al Gore either, right? So or even Joe when he was vice president. It's just not a vice presidential role. So Reboot on that. All right, folks. So please go out and for Black History Month, support black businesses. Do what they are telling you to do to help. And if you won't and you're a white dumb, and you will not, I ask you to check your motives. Check yourself. Why won't you? It's very easy. And if not, you know, maybe get some counseling. Uncover some bias. You know, uh, get some therapy, get some help, but make the difference to which the group is telling you, this is how you make a difference to us, okay? And I am, I am actually doing what I'm saying. On a regular basis, my uh, entrepreneur is a black hairdresser. Do I have her business? Let me promote her right now. I have to find it (laughs) on Instagram. I'm going to find it. To find it. I got to stroll. Let's see. Will it even remember my conversation history? Let's say scroll and scroll. Shoot. I'm going to run it. Okay. D-A-S-H dash V-A-N-L-L-C. So Instagram LLC That's who I regularly get my haircut from. It's a black owned business for hairdressing, hair styling, haircutting. She does it all. All right. Thanks guys. And ladies and everybody.